Welcome to the Spectral Phenomena Podcast, your source for all things offbeat, strange, unexplained, and paranormal. Here are your hosts, Ken Sanner and Mustafa Sadiq. All right, let me ask you this, Moose. Yes. If you could get a college degree or certificate in something paranormal, would you do it? Uh, Wait, who's paying for it? You, out of pocket. Oh, (laughs) shit. Well, honestly, with if it was community college budget, then I would. If it was university level, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. But... Fortunately, there's not a lot out there. Uh, there are some places, particularly overseas, that have parapsychology degrees. Uh, but from what I understand about that, those are very not as paranormal as you would like. It's a lot of statistics and research kind of stuff. Oh, you know, um, real science. <laughs> yeah, real <laughs> science. Like, who wants to do that, right? Um, we there are. Oh, sorry, I, I found one website. Um, I don't know if I should give the name out or not, um, that alleges to be a, uh, an accredited education website where you can get a diploma in cryptozoology and some other uh, related stuff. I guess I can uh, – no reason I can't. It's called the Center of Excellence. Why don't we do that? Um, I have been very seriously considering it. Um, for example, the, I'm looking at the crypt- cryptozoology diploma course. It's on sale regularly. It is one hundred ninety-nine pounds. It's on sale for twenty-nine pounds, and I feel like I don't know what twenty-nine pounds translates to. It's like sixty bucks in my budget right now. Yeah, I think it's like sixty bucks. No, but what I'm saying is, no, no, I'm not saying make the degree or take the degree. I'm saying let's make our own diploma. Like let's make our own online course. There you go. No, I'm serious. I that's, like it. That's how these I, people. I know you are. That's how. These, that's what our other podcast is yeah. all about. And I already have the thing to make an LMS. We would just copy the plugin into our uh, <laughs> website, and you'd have oh, to. Oh, now we're definitely explicit. Huh? Oh, wait. I said now we're definitely explicit. What do you mean? For the podcast. Explicit. Yeah, because you you dropped an f bomb. Oh, did I really? Well, just tune that you out. Did. Just bleep me That's out. That's all right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the uh, um, no, yeah, let's do an LMS. And uh, oh, I didn't realize this was gonna be on it. Shit. Okay. Uh, well, I just cursed again. Uh, That's all right. I do think there would be a lot of value in us providing good quality education about the paranormal to our listeners. I really want to teach a UFO course at the college for continuing education and adult learning. That's like a dream of mine now. I, feel I think like I've told could. you that before. We could, we could convince them to do that. They they teach related stuff. They teach classes on astral travel and ghosts and what? you know all kinds of stuff. Yeah, go on go on the college's um, continuing education class. And you can take classes if you go under New Age and Spiritual. You can take class. You can take classes on contacting your spirit guide and um, crystal healing and all kinds of stuff. What so, about classes on how to get oriented and invited to join elite groups of world leaders? Oh well, that's a good question. <laughs> 
So let me run this by you. Imagine this. A private camp in the woods with rustic furnishings, complete with bonfires, plays, and booze. It sounds simple enough, but unless it's an exclusive invitation-only retreat for the most powerful and influential men in the country, men like presidents, the men who developed the atomic bomb, oil executives, and military officials, then it starts to sound a little more nefarious. Welcome back to Spectral Phenomena, everybody. It is your friends, Ken Stanner and Mustafa Sadiq, and we are back with episode five, which is actually like episode eight of season one of Spectral Phenomena. I think you just described the local Applebee's. I I may have. (laughs) I may have. (laughs) Tonight, we dive into one of the most conspiratorial topics imaginable, one that makes most so-called, air quotes, secret societies look like child's play tonight we dive into the very real bohemian grove you just said tonight's i I just said what you just said tonight's instead of tonight Uh, uh, tonight just just send it live it's fine i Uh, like it (laughs) we should say that we're in rare form tonight because we just got done recording another uh our other podcast for an hour uh so uh yes yeah we're a little spent but Nonetheless, we're, we're going to make this we're, good. We're revved up, and we've both been working all day. Yes. And I got a hand shoved in my face at work. It was very upsetting. Oh. I've been having a meltdown about it all day. But that's a different story <laughs> for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tune in to Alert Medic Bohemian 1 if you're interested in EMS. You'll, you'll hear the, about the story. That's right. Alert Medic 1. So what is the Bohemian Grove? So it's an invitation-only it's a elite social club. It was founded in 1872. When you look at who founded it, it was mostly artists, lawyers, actors, writer, writers, and journalists who were interested in the arts and culture. And it's very interesting because when you look at the makeup of who's a member of the Bohemian Club Grove that, that we know of, um, there's a little bit of a shift that occurs in that. Their symbol is an owl. Uh I think that's interesting because Moose, what does an owl make you think of? Uh, an owl makes me think of how their head rotates all the way around so they don't miss anything. Is that the wrong answer? Uh, Is that what you were not looking for? Okay. Maybe the nighttime. Yeah, okay. So nighttime, that's good. So I was thinking along the lines of wisdom and contemplativeness uh, and knowledge. I was not thinking and that. Maybe the nighttime creepy secretive aspect could work too. I was, so honestly, when you said owl, I thought about the Pokemon that looks like an owl. That's the first thing I thought of. Full disclosure. Well, in 1872, I don't know that they had Pokemon. Fair I could enough. be wrong. I'm Fair not enough. a Pokemon historian, but I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> so... The site of the Bohemian Grove is in Simona County, California, and it covers a very impressive 2,700 acres. Or some of the things I read said 2,500, but I think at that point, what's 200 acres between friends? That's yeah, pretty freaking big. Um, so the club is male only. However, women and children related to the members can be on the premises in the day, but they have to leave by 9 or 10 p.m. They used to not allow women to work there. However, they got hit with a lawsuit a few years back. So now women are allowed to work at the Bohemian Grove, but they have to leave by nightfall. 
So I don't know how that's legally enforceable, but apparently that is a thing. So if this sounds appealing to you and you want to get in, uh, no big deal. There's just a minor $25,000 initiation fee. Uh, just a little pocket change there for you. Uh, and it's a very, very selective group. Uh, most people, you know, don't get in, obviously, or couldn't get in, obviously. I don't know if it's invitation only. Uh, I couldn't quite find that. Um, but it's it's very, they're very selective of who's allowed in. I mean, that's the goal of this project, though, right? Like, be able to afford to pay 20 Because I feel like for these people, $25,000 is like like the change we find in our cup holder. And you're correct. For them, it is. Yeah. But for us, it keeps us out. You and I would never be able to afford that until our two podcasts take off. And Although we're probably blacklisted now. Like they're probably listening to us as we record through our cell phones and through the 5G. And um, we're probably blacklisted now. Yeah, well, I have a feeling that, um, you know they are actually listening to this and that uh, they may shut this entire project down before anyone ever hears it. Yeah. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. So their, their motto is weaving spiders come not here. And this is a line from Shakespeare's a midsummer's night dream. And basically the idea is, so the idea is that when you're at the Bohemian Grove, you should not worry about worker business deals and just enjoy yourself. It's a place where you're just supposed to have fun and not have any ideas or relations to your world, worldly careers. So the club's meeting begins the first night everybody's there with a ritual which is known as a cremation of care. They have a giant 30-plus foot stone owl that sits at this particular part of the grove. And they basically have a giant fire in front of this uh, this owl. And the idea is that they cast aside all of their cares that the person might have, and they're allowed to be uninhibited. They cremate a coffin effigy that they name Care before this 30- or 40-foot owl. Uh, and it's done, as they say, in deference to the redwood trees. Now, Alex Jones actually captured this ritual on camera. He snuck in, and we'll talk about some of the people who have infiltrated this camp and snuck in and seen stuff. Um, from the video he posted, according to people who are supposedly in the know, um, this ritual they perform is very similar to Druidic rituals, which uh, honor the, the trees and nature and all this kind of stuff. So since it was founded... Over 2,500 men have joined, obviously not all at the same time. That's a total membership. The event lasts for about 16 days. It includes a lot of partying. They put on a lot of plays. They have lectures. And, of course, networking and policymaking happens as well. Speaking of some of those networking and policymaking discussions, in 1942... There was a little planning meeting that happened there for a project you might have heard of called the Manhattan Project. And the course for the atomic bomb was set in place at Bohemian Grove. So just a minor point there. Um, before we get into who has attended that we know of, do you want to talk about any of the 
uh, kind of what is the Bohemian Grove stuff, Moose? So I have. Um, so have you looked into Bohemian Bohemian Bohemianism at all? I have not. No, that didn't come up in my research. So, uh, and I just brought up the page. So, bohemianism is the practice of an unconventional lifestyle, often in the company of like-minded people and with a few permanent ties. It involves musical, artistic, literary, or spiritual pursuits. In this context, bohemians may or may not be wanderers, adventurers, or vagabonds. And I feel like that's interesting because uh, the uh, so the use of the word bohemian first, and this is Wikipedia, don't judge me. The use of the word bohemian first appeared in the English language in the 19th century to describe the non-traditional lifestyles of marginalized and impoverished artists, writers, journalists, musicians, and actors in major European cities, which, um, uh, and when would, you said it was founded in 18, uh, I have it up here. Uh, yeah, 1872. And I'll remind you, by that group of people you just depicted, this was not originally an elite business and political group. This was an elite artist and journalist kind of group. Yeah, and it, it, it's a uh, bo- bohemian, is it was a common term for the, Ro- uh, the Romani people of France. Uh, who were mistakenly thought to have reached France in the 15th century via Bohemia, Bohemia being uh, the western part of the Czech uh, Czech Republic. And I don't know if it's – oh, it is present-day Czech Republic. So, um, yeah, just really interesting the ties that you – and how much the tie – because you described Druidic rituals. Um, and uh, the first thing that I thought of was, uh, you know, like the, the Romani – uh, the Romani people. And, um, uh, I, I don't know too much about that. The, what I know is from like fictional TV shows, like, uh, oh man, what's the, uh, the Peaky Blinders. Great show. Uh, but like, uh, the, just things like that. So very interesting. I don't mean to take us off track, but, um, very, um, very interesting origin story. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm glad you shared that. So the next question is, who attends the Bohemian Grove ritual or retreat? I have to preface this. Number one, this is not a complete list because, of course, we don't know who all of the members are. And you'll find conflicting things out there on the Internet about who is a member. Uh, Number two, the list that we do have, even the list that is kind of consistent from multiple reports is very long and it would probably be a 45 minute endeavor for me to read all those people to you. So I'm just going to read a couple important ones. Uh, so number one, I kind of break this down into groups. Um, number one is politicians for politicians. We have a couple names that you'll notice. Uh, Henry Kissinger, you may have heard of him, President Richard Nixon, President Ronald Reagan, President George H.W. Bush, supposedly also his son, President George W. Bush, uh, but I'm not 100% uh, confident on that, Senator Charles Felton of California, uh, Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, President Herbert Hoover, President Theodore Roosevelt. 
Uh, you'll notice that uh, all of these men with, I'm, I'm pretty sure Charles Felton included, uh, all were Republicans. Apparently, the membership of Bohemian Grove skews conservative. I'm not making a political statement in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that is pretty much a consistent fact about what politicians have attended Bohemian Grove. There have been rumors that uh, Bill Clinton did attend, but I don't know for a fact that he did. It didn't seem to be something very widely reported. In fact, he, he rebutted it when he was asked about it. But that's a short list of uh, prominent politicians who've attended. Military and science people. J. Robert Oppenheimer definitely attended, not known to be a member, but he is the man who developed the atomic bomb. Kind of a big deal. Uh, William Wilson Quinn, Lieutenant General of U.S. Army Intelligence. Frederick Seitz, a physicist who was a major researcher for the U.S. Army. He held high academic positions throughout the country and uh, did a lot of work on particle accelerators. And Admiral Thomas Hayward, uh, U.S. Navy Chief of Staff. Some business leaders who have been there. You're definitely going to recognize some of these names. Charles Schwab of the investment business. Alden W. Clausen, head of the World Bank. Uh, maybe he's more of a politician, but uh, Colbert Coldwell of Coldwell Bank Real Estate. Joseph Coors of the uh, company that produced the beer that I'm currently drinking right now. William H. Crocker of Crocker National Bank. He was also a pro prominent uh, member of the Republican Party. William Henry Draper III, a pretty big venture capitalist. Leonard Firestone, Firestone Tires. Uh, he had some minor political appointments as well. William Randolph Hearst, a big newspaper and media guy. I'm sure you've heard of the Hearst Corporation. Henry S. Morgan is a pretty big banker. And William A. Patterson, Sr., president of United Airlines. Cultural elite. So this is where it kind of got interesting doing some of the research here. Most of the cultural elite, the actors, the artists, the writers, most of the members of cultural elite who were members of this club, I, I found this to be interesting. It seemed like more cultural people were members earlier in its history and then it's kind of transitioned to become more political uh and economic or business leaders so some of the cultural elite who have been present or members of this club clint eastwood walter cronkite ambrose Bierce, the writer brett hart the writer mark twain jack london christopher buckley so some big names but uh as i said from what little information is available uh, the club seems to have really kind of transitioned away from so much as being a cultural elitist group and more of a political uh, and business minded group. So uh, that's kind of what I had there for some of the members. Moose, do you have any thoughts on those members? Yeah. So um, uh, do you know, uh, was um, Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, um, part of it? Do you know? Theodore Roosevelt was. I do not believe FDR was. Okay. Um, and uh, do you know how far, and I'm going to look this up, how far Berkeley is from this? 
Berkeley to Bohemian Grove. Berkeley, like the school? Yeah, like Berkeley, California. It's an hour and 28 minutes. So Berkeley, California. So I, I, I knew a little bit of a... Um, so the, and, and uh, this says March of 1940, which I thought it was a little bit later than that. But um, uh, the there was a, a basically a secret meeting that occurred in, in 1940 between uh, Oppenheimer um, and a couple. I believe it was Oppenheimer and hold on, I'm gonna. Basically, it was a it was a big deal between uh, a bunch of American. Uh, physicists regarding uh, that were part of the uranium committee um, that were uh, major players in the Manhattan project. Um, the uh, maybe I'm confusing it, but yeah, no, I just, I was just interested to see what, if there was a uh, connection between um, that in between Berkeley, where I, I do believe a lot of this um, initial science occurred, and uh, or the experimentation occurred, or research, I should say, um, and if there was any connection between that and Berkeley, I'm probably making false connections here. Um, but uh, I like it definitely. Yeah, no, right the 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 the. Never mind, I won't say that. Um, but definitely interesting uh, conglomeration of people, especially when you think about. Maybe there's not a lot of recent cultural leaders, quote unquote, that we know of because maybe our politicians have taken on that role uh, in a controlled fashion, or we just don't know about the people that are there. And it's probably a little of A and a little of B. On a completely off-topic note, have you ever seen the video of Oppenheimer talking about the reaction of himself and the people who developed the atomic bomb to seeing it detonated. No. So do yourself a favor after this is over, go to YouTube, look up Oppenheimer. I am become death and just watch that video. It's, it's pretty uh, powerful. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So back on topic attempts to infiltrate the Bohemian Grove. So there have been, uh, th- really four major attempts that we know of, um, really four that were successful uh, since 1980 was the first one. And that was done by a gentleman named Rick Kloger. And he basically wanted to sneak into the club, see what happened, and write about it. He snuck into the Grove with the help of an employee. He posed as a worker for two weeks at the ca- at the encampment, and uh, he basically described it as a mix of camping, a college stag night, and a beer blast. Now, the difference between a college stag night and a beer blast, I couldn't really tell you because both seem to involve a lot of beer to me, but what do I know? Um, he did say that prostitution wasn't unheard of and that policy talks were common, which if you think about what we heard earlier, they're not supposed to talk about work and business. But according to him, in this article he wrote, that's something that happened. 1989, spy magazine writer Philip Weiss, 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 either way, spent seven days in the camp posing as a guest. He said that the rich and powerful attended speeches boosted up from breakfast to nightfall and urinated on trees. And that was pretty much what he had to say about it. They just got drunk, peed in the forest passed out woke up the next day did it again 
in 2000, the very interesting, I'll just say that, Alex Jones and one of his cameramen snuck into the Bohemian Grove and shot footage of the cremation of care ceremony. Apparently, he posed the question, was this a ritual sacrifice or a frat party? <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I guess either one's possible. Speaking of which, Moose, I really want to talk about the satanic panic on our podcast yes. one day. I think that would be an awesome topic, but I'm not sure it's happening at Bohemian Grove. Yeah, or both. I was going to say it could be ritual sacrifice and frat party. It, that, honestly... Sounds pretty interesting to me. Or any weekend um, at like Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> or any college, like big college. But yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, then in 2000, our last infiltration, Richard McClasson was arrested after he infiltrated the Bohemian Grove in the night and he lit some things on fire. Apparently, he was very heavily armed when he did this. Um, also, maybe not the best time to go. He went in January, and the club meets in the summer. So no one was there except for the security guards who arrested him. And yeah, I honestly, Ken doesn't you, seem like the brightest dude. I feel like out of those four scenarios, you've just described how your Halloween party is going to go. So I don't see anything that bad so far. <laughs> to be honest with you. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> if you've ever seen me at a party, it pretty much goes like that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm, I don't want to uh, get myself in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you have any thoughts on those attempts to infiltrate? Yeah, I mean, so I can't help but think that this is, I know, conspiracy theory, but uh, what if they were all staged? I was just going to say disinformation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about keeping information anymore. Now, these days, it, it's disinformation, putting out too much information so people can't tell which one's legit, which one's not. Wouldn't it be great if one day we find out that Alex Jones was like the greatest disinformation agent the CIA ever had? Yeah. Yeah, like they're all like their that would like make my day. Like all their experiments with like LSD and everything worked and his brain is actually like fractured, you know, and like <laughs> 17 personalities and he can like it, they can like literally flip switches in some room and he like turns into you know like well, I'm not going to say it, but uh, the one video in particular when he's like I'm not going to lie, I'm just yeah, I'm a little bit, and yeah, uh, I don't think that word's allowed to be said on air anymore, so I'm not going to say it, but it was yeah. it was funny. It was funny. So, that brings us to our theories. There are three. Number one. Actually, the first one really isn't, isn't really a theory at all. Um, well, I guess it is. Um, it ties in with my second point. So, Professor William G. Dumhoff of the University of California, Sociology, has studied the Bohemian Club extensively and has said that the Grove Encampment is a bunch of guys kidding around, drinking with their buddies, trying to relive their use, youth, and acting very silly. So, the first theory is that these guys are just a bunch of rich and powerful people who have a lot of stress in their lives. They want to go somewhere for two weeks, 
where they can just get drunk and pee on trees and not worry about business or policy or anything like that and be stupid, maybe pick up some hookers, and that's really all there is to it. There's nothing nefarious or evil here. It's just a bunch of old guys getting drunk and peeing on trees and passing out. What do you think, Moose? Uh, well, I don't know. I feel like these guys do that anyway, like, you know, the rest of the year. Like, I, can I honestly tell you what I think it is? Sure. I think it's like the B team. Like, the A team, like, we don't know about, right? Like, they're just, you know, they, they team, we don't know. Like, they, this is like shadow, and I don't think this actually, but I'm just saying, like, what if, hypothetically, there was an A team that normal people like us would never know, 99.9% of humans don't know, but they run the world. But then you have a B team that's like basically the A team's agents, and like, they kind of know the A team exists, but they have so much fun, and they, they're annoyed, so they want to have their own little, like, club. But, like, they're not A-team enough to be able to keep it secret. So they just made their B-team club, and that's why it starts with a B, Bohemian. Not the worst theory I've ever heard. Theory number two. This is a 16-day frat party, as outlined in the point above. But politics and business just kind of happen sometimes. I'll tell you my thought. Sorry, I look like I just cut you off. But I'm going to roll with it now, because I'm a jerk. Um no, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Moose. No, 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 you can go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, okay. No, I was just going to say, like, for me, that this this is the theory I really buy into. I think it started off as somewhere where you can just get away from everything and get drunk and watch plays and pee on trees and do whatever you want to do. But as I know... From every shift party I've ever been to, from every, you know, anything like that, sooner or later, business will come up. And it's not a conspiracy. It's not that anyone's out to get you. It's, it's just the fact that you and I work together. And at some point, that problem we had with somebody or that policy question of how things should be handled at work is going to come up. It's just a fact. When Moose comes over to my house for Halloween, at some point, we're going to start talking about paramedic shit. It's just going to happen. And it's not that we've got a conspiracy about. We're going to change how EMS is run in the state of Maryland or anything like that. It's just that we're going to be in the same place at the same time for a prolonged period, and sooner or later, work is going to come up. And And I think that's... To that's me, normal. that's the most likely scenario here. And neither of us have actual lives, so we're just talking about work and. Weird, and but and you know what, Moose? Stuff. That's a great point because do you think these? Do you think Henry Kissinger has a life outside of foreign policy? The more and more like, we talk about is all it, consumed. yeah. I, I I don't even think these guys are the B team. I think they're like the C team. I bet like the B team allows them to have a two week vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. They're probably so they're like middle management, like they don't have you know what I mean. I bet they're middle management. They middle management is like the worst, right? I bet like, you're right. Like they like they like don't have time to do anything. So like 
the B team's like, hey, A team. As a middle manager, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think, like, A, A team is, like, the equivalent of, like, the top executive. B team is, like, the department head. And then, like, C team is middle management. And all these guys are C team. And B team had to ask A team if it's okay if C team goes for two weeks. And they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, 1% of the budget. You know, <laughs> whatever. As long as, right. as, long as they're going to keep the peons underneath, we don't really care. Uh Oh God! Yeah. Oh Moose, you just made me realize that I'm middle management. Yeah. Oh, you you just are realizing uh, like, that? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink myself into a coma tonight, dude. That's the, terrible. The, the 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 way the structure has been created is that you work your ass off as a street paramedic, and when you succeed, you become middle management. That's that's yep. that's the system in any public <laughs> service. And that's what I do now. Now I have to I have to call my chief and be like. Is it okay if so and so does this? You yeah. know, like it's like, oh God. No, that's what I that's what I do for a living now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're an operations manager. For like excuse oh. yeah. Par- Paramedic Jones wants to put a swap in, but it's past normal, you know, swap hours. Can, can I slide this in under the radar? Is that okay? Oh God. All right. I would probably right. edit now, that now, whole now, part out. <laughs> I'm dying inside now. All right, the final theory. All right, the final theory. This is a conspiratorial setting where the rich and powerful intentionally conspire against us. Again, I think there is probably an element of this. These guys know they're getting together. Some of them absolutely walk in there with a plan. Oh, I'm going to talk to the uh, president of, you know, General Oil and whatever and we're going to set up a price fixing thing you know i'm going to get this congressman to vote for this or whatever of course of course that's going to happen um i don't think that all of it i think that's an aspect of it that's why i go theory number two more so than this one i don't think everybody who walks in the door at bohemian grove has an idea that they're going to you know screw everybody in the world but i could be wrong and they could assassinate me tomorrow for even talking about this so i don't know what do you think moose i am more and more convinced that they're just middle managers they're like they they're like the (laughs) assistant manager at taco bell you know they're like in charge of making sure the goddamn uh the the damn tortilla heater is working right whatever the equivalent is for like uh you know hoover you know or uh or or nixon or reagan whoever yeah I, i really think that it's I feel like if if we know about them, then they're not important. You know what, though? This is a perfect segue. Maybe this should have been our next episode, but um, we'll make people wait because our next episode I'm really excited for, the Tic Tac UFO. But our following episodes on the Illuminati, and it it makes you wonder, who is the A team? Who's the B team? You know, we don't know. You know, if if there is, is there a powerful group of people out there? pulling the strings in foreign policy and uh you know business workings and the economy and you know god only knows what else i I mean there very well could be i'm sure there are there are people out there doing nefarious things um and like you said earlier right now they're listening through my cell phone they're listening through my webcam and they're probably you know putting nuclear secrets on my computer so that the FBI can come raid my house tomorrow and arrest me for espionage. But I don't know. That's sometimes I think that's how the world works. Or it could be a, 
a double negative where they are the A team, but they want to make people like us think they're the C team so they don't get attention. And the real C team is like Justin Bieber. I don't know. um hey did you know that there was a belizean grove no but i've been to belize and i loved it so So the belizean grove is an elite invitation only american women's social club located in new york city wikipedia.com Founded in 1999 by Susan Stotberg, a former Westinghouse broadcasting executive, and Eddie Weiner, Weiner, a futurist. I don't know what a futurist is. The Belizean Grove includes approximately 115 to 125 influential members from the military, financial, and diplomatic sectors. It is the female equivalent to the male-only social group, the Bohemian Club, whose annual meetings are held... The, we already talked about that. The Belizean Grove... I have really bad heartburn. Oh, my God. The Belizean Grove meets annually in Belize or similar Central American locations. They also meet in New York and other U.S. cities for activities they describe as, quote, a balance of fun, substantive programs, and bonding. Uh, this is terrible, but never mind. I'm not going to say that. You text it to me later. Yeah. But what I will say, if I've learned anything uh, for as a man who's been married for almost 10 years, it's that women actually control everything in life. So that's probably what our podcast should have been on because they are probably the ones pulling this. They're the A-team. Yeah. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor was a member of the Grove until June 19th, 2009, when she resigned after Republican senators voiced concern over the group's women-only membership policy. You know what, though, is funny, and we're, we're about to get way off topic here. Well, I was listening to confirmation hearings uh, today, and and that was something that came up, was talking about, have you ever been a member of a group that is uh, uh, discriminates against any gender, racial, whatever kind of, uh, you know, category? And that, that was something they asked. So, okay, okay, fine. I wasn't going to talk about this. But now that you've brought it up, we have to. Uh, so have you looked into that group at all? The Belizean group? No. The, the, so Barrett is tied to a faith group. That's the reason they were asking that question. And the group is... Uh, oh, I did very cursory research into to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called, and I know we're not going off a tangent here, but it's called the People of Praise. And, uh, it, it, so it's a, okay, it's, it's a, it's a tangent. It's a tangent. We can, we, I think we should do an episode on them. They're kind of interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll do another episode on them. I feel like if you're cool with it. Yeah, that's fine. It's, it's probably better if we don't go into that tonight. We're still in our first season. We don't want to lose too many people. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right, so uh, do you have anything else you want to add on the Bohemian Grove? Uh, nah. I mean, it. I really think it's the C team, and okay. I bet and people are going to say that we're like disinformation agents, whatever. Well, actually, you know what? I meant to bring this up, and then we went off on that tangent. You know, you know what I honestly believe more than anything, and, and this is my experience is almost fifteen years being a paramedic dealing with people people are so grossly incompetent and stupid 
that I really have a hard time buying into a lot of high level conspiracy stuff. And it's not 100% true because we kept the Manhattan Project. You know, I think we talked about this. Uh, we kept the Manhattan Project very uh, secretive. And we can compartmentalize some things and keep them out of the public view. But in general, people are effing stupid. Yep. And they they spill the beans. And you find stuff out. And there's you can't keep a secret. And I don't think that there's probably a lot going on that we can't guess. I do think 100% that there are nefarious things happening at Bohemian Grove insofar as buying votes, making backroom deals, insider trading, allegedly, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess is, is what I'm saying. But do I think it's, the high level super secret all world decisions or all US decisions being made there. No, I don't think so. I think that it's it's uh somewhere where rich and powerful powerful people go get drunk, pee on trees, pass out, and maybe at some point in the day talk about, hey, how are you voting on that bill next month? kind of deal. That's yeah, and I, I was think. gonna say, like, all that nefarious crap already happens. At like yes, whatever bar, you know, I, I don't you know. don't need a secret society or anything like that for that to happen. People conspire. People are untrustworthy. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm waiting on your uh, percentage. No. 100%. There are shady things, mm-hmm. political and business deals happening at Bohemian Grove. Also 100%, I don't think that's the only intention of that organization. I think the main intention is to go get drunk and be away from your wife for a week or two weeks. Because you know what? If I was rich and powerful and I could come up with a reason to get away from my wife for 16 days to go get drunk with my friends, I would do it. (laughs) I'm not rich and powerful. And if I could get away from my wife for 16 days to go get drunk with my friends, I would do it. And that's that. I, uh, Moose, what do you think? I think it's I'm 100% C team theory. Okay, I like it. Totally legitimate. That should be Hopefully the A team and the B team don't track us down. Okay, so uh, complete side note: if we ever start a political podcast, it has to be titled C team theory. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I like it, Moose. So we're gonna have to talk offline about this. If I could quit my job and be a full-time podcaster, even if it meant having like five podcasts, I would do it. We've already got two down. I know. We've got plans for a third and maybe a fourth based on some of the stuff we've talked about. So I feel like that's totally – some people do it. I mean, Jim, you look at Jim Harold's Paranormal Podcast. That's mm-hmm. all he does now. He does he's – got, he's got like ten different podcasts, but all he does is podcast. Yeah. And he lives off that. You know, he's got a family. Um, and, and like, he's not the only one. A lot of people do, you know, there's a, a podcast I like that, uh, he, he regularly has classes on podcasting and stuff. And he talks about how much money you should be able to make if you only have like 600 listeners a week. And that's not insignificant. Yeah. So No, I, I, I we're go- all- hashtag goals. Yeah. If we don't get off by the Bohemian Grove group. Right. Yeah. But in any case, everybody, 
thank you so much for listening to Spectral Phenomena tonight. Please remember to like, rate, and review us. Follow us on social media, and by social media, I mean Facebook, because that's the only thing we're on right now. Also, we're Spectral old. Phenomena. Look at our website, www.spectralphenomena.com. And we'll see you next week. We've got a great episode on the Tic Tac UFO. We've got uh, two more great episodes left in the season, both of which are topics I'm really excited about, especially, I think, our, our last topic. I'm going to keep you in suspense. Um, but it's it's going to be really good. And thank you for sticking with us over the past couple of weeks. We will see you next time on Spectral Phenomena.